The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z dot com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are bringing the newest episode of Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. That's right. Say something with Jermaine Morris and Barry Axius, where we bring you everything going on in the life in the traffic out here in these streets. In these cool, cool streets. Keeping it burr for the wintertime. <laughs> Episode number 96. Booyah! 96 is the year I graduated high school. 96 was the year my daughter was born. Yeah. Yeah. Man, good year, man. <laughs> Let's pop off. Let's pop off. As always, like to highlight an individual or individuals who've done something for the culture, for the community, people who are news and noteworthy, some who get plenty of recognition, others who don't get enough shine. And for this particular episode, uh, this is this is she, she's young. She's a contemporary. Uh, but 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 doing things that I think don't get a, a, if you're in the know, you know, but I think there's a lot of people who may not be familiar with her. So she's originally from Flint, Michigan. And in a short period of time, she's done a lot of great things in her field. And so in back-to-back Olympics, she took gold medals. And she's the first male or female in her field to win uh, consecutive Olympic golds in this, in this field. And she's also the fastest to become a two or and three weight class world champion with the fewest number of fights in her field. Hmm. She is, I mean, like I said, she's a, a, a Olympic gold medalist. She's, she's dominated in three different weight classes as a boxer. Quicker type came up quicker than Layla Ali, who's somebody who she looked up to fighting. Okay. And now that she's done so hard, quick up in these ranks as a as an Olympic fighter, as a professional fighter, now she's starting to get into MMA training. Like as it's coming up, her father was a boxer who used to fight in underground leagues. Think like Kimbo Slice, and he didn't want her to fight because she thought that that was a man's sport. But by the time she got to eleven, she just took to it so much that he's like, "All right, let's get you professionally trained." And she's just moving up the ranks. And I just think somebody who needs to get a little shine her way because she be, she be, she be putting the hands, she be putting the paws on folks, proving that, you know, proving the people that she knew in her life wrong, but then proving that if you want it, you can go out and you can get it. And if you work hard enough for it, you know, there's no limits to what you can do. So shout out with time, a little love to one Miss Clarissa Shields. Clarissa! I don't know if you've ever seen her fight, but... And I don't even like watching women's fighting. I just, for me, I just don't like watching women get punched. Uh, but she got hands. Okay. Like, if you just watch a training session, like like Clarissa Shields got, got hands. She got them dome shots, huh? She got hands. That's one of them things. If you saw her train as a little girl, you like some little boy gonna learn the wrong way. Mm. But <laughs> some somebody gonna learn. Somebody gonna learn today. Yeah. And what, what I think about you know boxing is that it's truly not a sport that's watchable until you start really realizing who are the boxers like when they boxing was fun back in our days the the, the late 80s early you know, early 90s around that time because you had sugar rays you had the marvelous marvelous hagglers you had the tysons of course and and so many other the Spinks were still around 
and you, you know, the Hector Macho Camachos and so many different things. Yeah. I think that when you look at all those individuals, Hitman Tommy's Hearns, you hear and you think personalities, right? You know, you would sit and watch their press conferences and the quirky things that they would do moving yeah. towards the fight. And I think that's what's missing in boxing as a personality. So I've seen this young lady and she has a lot of personality, right? So yeah. that kind of kind of puts her in a, in a different kind of realm. If she was a male boxer, you would be hearing her as a household name. Yeah. And that's no knock off the female boxing, but there hasn't been any one woman that has propelled uh, an industry that's fighting per se, like your girl, Rou- uh, was it Rousey? The oh, was Ronda, it, uh, Ronda Rousey? Ronda, yeah. Ronda Rousey, even though she was a lot of hype and a lot of yeah. hot air, she was that it factor that propelled the UFC to where you know you got folks, the casual Joe fan that's watching, and I think that if you can get that young lady to angle that personality as well as those skills, you probably can have somebody that can propel not only women's boxing, but boxing all the, all together and to be an interest for folks like me to watch. Yeah. And she's so young. Like I said, she's, she said most, cause I watched one interview she did and she was like, well, she's like, I'm doing MMA training now. And they're like, why? She said, well, most people, most boxers who turn MMA fighters do it at the end of their career. Mm. Cause they just want a new challenge. They want to try something else. So she's, so she trains now. Like she, a couple days a week, she does her boxing stuff, then turns around, does MMA train. Like she's doing all that stuff in the moment. Like she's, she, 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 she pretty bad with, with, the, with the hands. Like I hope that's the case. I hope she gets in front of more people to get, you know, more of those draws for, for what it is that she's doing in her sport and in, and in her lane. Because, um, yeah, she's more people should, just in my opinion, more people should know who she is than, than do. Almost oh, definitely. I get you it. Know. You know, cause I think we give, sometimes it's, I don't want to say the wrong stuff, but we, sometimes it's the wrong stuff. We give all our stuff attention, you know, through distractions and and what we focus on and we get caught up on hype and, you know, clickbait and all these things. That's that's the world now. The world is hype. Yeah. Keep drawing our attention towards things to make us believe something or, or to hope for something or to plan for something that's just not even real. Uh, We had a lot of people who were planning and (laughs) trying to build their, based their weekend around last weekend with the inauguration. What everybody resurrection was, part two? Yeah, everybody's revolution is here. You know, uh tiki torches and tanks running down, you know, the streets what? and everywhere America. And uh it 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 went off like a like like a dud <laughs> bottle rocket. It just went and then the bottle rocket just fell over, didn't even leave the ground. It just the little fuse went and it just fell to the listen, side. Listen, brother. Listen, that that was like um, what that date from hell. That 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 I mean, for me, it spoke to the volume of ignorance, right? Okay. And idol worshiping one hundred and one at its worst capacity, because folks really believed this godish kind of figure, who is just a rich capitalist by the name of. Donald Trump, a.k.a. the pussy grabber, right? Mr. 45, the orange agent that they literally believed he had these godlike powers to not only go against um, a system, but to gravitate in some way to change what was now 
currently is the election results of Biden and Harris that for somehow, some way they believe this Messiah, this white pale Messiah would come in, change the game. And to me, my brother, I laughed so hard throughout the whole week as I watched for days to see absolutely nothing. After January 6th, I think the domestic pale terrorists believed that they had momentum. But I often said, that moment that you had should have been the moment that you took the opportunity when you were in um, the halls of, of, of the Capitol, when you had the Capitol floor, when you could have just then designed a game plan to really make us not focus on the inauguration, but say, damn, them cats are still in that damn Capitol, huh? <laughs> Do something with it. Like 15 days later, still. And what they did is they showed out had a temper tantrum, and they did what they did, had selfies, and they really felt empowered by that moment, and they really believed this con artist was going to lead them to the promised land, and what you just saw is pale Americans and a few Negroes that was running around and Latinos and Mexicans that was there hanging out too like idiots, getting duped and stooped, and actually the same playbook that um, our dearest friend, Mr. 45, used to gain those followers was the same playbook that played them. The propaganda, the rhetoric, the lies, the um, the ideas of revolution when he, all he was feeling was wounded, hurt, and abandoned. The simple fact he felt embarrassed because he got beat by a guy. When you look at the timeline Many moons ago, before the election actually happened, this was the only person he knew that had a chance against him, Biden. And that's why he was trying to um, utilize whatever he could to sit there and talk about Biden's son, to downgrade Biden, and to really manipulate the public to say Biden is this bad guy. And I'm not saying that he isn't, but I think that what yeah. you saw, yeah, you definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. one slave master, the next slave master, we not fooled. But I think that what you saw is a lot of hurt, wounded, abandoned, pale folks that are tragically seeing that they don't have the power they have. They do have a privilege, but they don't have power to take down a system, a yeah. system that it may look and benefit them more than it benefits us, but it's still a system that says, if you get out of line, we'll put you back in your place. Yeah, and <laughs> I remember there was one video of one lady she was just, I mean, having a full breakdown, crying, President Trump, come and save us. You know, come and save us. I don't I don't recognize this America anymore. And this, this, the third. There's people who really believed. They believe the hype. They believe that that dude cared about them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, that's a great, that's a great joke. Like this millionaire, this one percenter, you guys really believe that he cared about you? Like why? One bit. Not one bit. And it, and it was so amusing to kind of really watch. And I think even in some places, I don't think that he even believed that they were this foolish to like follow him in that. But I also think that the power of having all these people, because Donald Trump, before he even got into it, he was popular at a particular time. He was the face of what um a millionaire looks like right what a wealthy yeah, yeah. man looks like he yeah, would all these rap songs time, yeah once upon a time screaming donald trump let's be very clear let's not act as if the world hated donald trump 
always. No, he was probably one of the most popular ones, most recognizable figures in the world. Whatever happened when he started falling down from Graceland eh, and you started hearing more of the background on who he was as a businessman, which really wasn't a good businessman. Then you start taking hits on not only your credibility, on your reputation. So now you fall back and now we get to see this guy in a different light. And to be honest with you, more millionaires caught up with him and they were a lot more presentable and they weren't as braggatocious as he was. So it comes down from the grace of the fall. Folks love to see the number ones fall down. And it kind of was an afterthought until he came up with this whole apprentice thing. And that kind of got his notoriety back up, but he still wasn't the Donald. And then he became the notorious 45. And that's when not only the hatred came in, but this cult like following came in from those people he spoke to. And when he learned the rhetoric he was speaking was actually catching up and putting um, you know, good juices and flows to some people's um atmospheres and streams. It was like, yo, and I think social media had this iconic moment where they had this voice box that was a Kennedy-like figure, but off the opposite end. And we had this cult-like figure that really helped sensationalize and help elevate a lot of these social media platforms because they got content. And that's why I always look at media and I look at social media as being a problematic situation because a lot of them configured into what we saw as Trumpism. And the Trumpsters just kept on getting fed and fed. But it's so crazy how the power of social media was that same power that was stripped away from him. And he no longer had that momentum or he had that strategic um, kind of influence to be able to say to his people, do this and do that. It was like he was a dead man walking. I mean, he literally walked out the White House and we ain't heard nothing from him since. Yeah, he. he... I, I think the only thing similar to this was when Bush left office. Like, not it Nixon? Was just, huh? Not Nixon? You don't think Nixon? No, I think when 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 second Bush left the office, he just left. Like, it was... It, it was well, you know, you know, first Bush or second Bush? Because we see second, second, second Bush. Bush. No, no, well, there's not enough time. To, I'm, I'm talking about the actual process of leaving. Mm-hmm. When the second Bush left the office, there wasn't no big parade. It wasn't no big... You know, he just, he just kind of quietly just kind of faded in the back, like, you know, uh, this guy that just left, uh, he's been consistent with who he is. And and that's whatever. Uh, and for the people who were expecting something more to have happened or expecting more people to have rallied behind or, or felt their pain or or whatever they were looking for. Uh, life has this way of showing folks what it is. You know, you 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 thought folks was going to ride for you like that, ride for your cause. And, and life showed you that that they didn't. You know, we, we get these these thoughts and these expectations about things and then life can show us that it's something else. Uh, I mean, it's just <laughs> those the, the Trump supporters. And I don't even necessarily just believe them all to be bad people. I don't think you're a bad person just because you thought you thought this person represented yeah. your interests. I mean, some yeah. people are like, well, if you're a Trump supporter, you're stupid. If you're a Trump supporter. If you're yeah. a Biden supporter, you're this. If you no, you, you found somebody that spoke something to you on some level. Yeah. And so for those folks, yeah, there's a lot of Negroes that love Trump that I have good conversations with him. Some white folks, they they don't they're not in the hype. They're just into the policies. And I think it should be. You should be voting your interests. I know a lot of black Republicans. When I was younger, I didn't. But as I've gotten older now, they're like, yeah, well, because 
Uh, I'm a business owner and I've got yeah. A, B, and C, and these policies are more in alignment with what I need in my life. And I'm uh -huh. like, okay, makes sense. Um, you know, I'm not going to debate you on that because it's working for you. But I think the problem with Trumpisms, right, and the Trump stirs, it it did it created a land in uh, a line, in, excuse me, a line in the sand with America. But I don't really truly believe that folks really should believe that there was like no line. There was always been a line in the sand. It was just that we didn't want to see it. We wanted to pretend yeah, that, that, that line was, was already in the sand, and yeah. you can show it because a lot of people who voted for Trump voted against their interests, like the tax bracket that they live in, their current situation. They voted for a system that ultimately hurt them. Yeah, like that means okay, you're not voting your interests. You are just you're just I'm just standing behind this symbolic person that yeah. fits your what you feel is normal. Normal is white people being in power. Yeah. Right. White people speaking to that gravitude and to that level of how they felt. Trump spoke to the heart of America. And that's why it was so easy for Trump to be who he was. The only problem that is the only problem that is when you start having those people you speak to who don't fall into line in the corporations that you are supporting, that don't fall in line to the system that you're supporting. They start finding out that, wait a minute, you have been on that side the whole time. like. Yeah, <laughs> I don't represent y'all. I represent me and my interests. And I think that's the thing that to me was hella funny. And even for the black people that were creating this fear factors and the fear tactics as well. I mean, it was supposed to be white supremacist initiations. Niggas was supposed to get kidnapped and and, yeah. and I was like, dude, shut up. Stop. And that's what I hate so much. We all get caught up into the hype. Don't believe the hype. P.E. Back then, when he said it, I, I felt it, and I see it. The hype machine is now dead and gone. And what it really looks like, you no longer have them red flags and Trump flags and all these other things. Is as we're going to forget. I'm going to remember the insurrection. I'm going to remember America, what they showed us for the last four years. Because it has not stopped and it won't stop. It's just going back underground like Fraggle Rock. And if we don't pay attention to the things that are going now, politically with this new regime because we're so excited that the last regime left and we think that this regime will not hurt us if not even worse because our eyes are wide bright for chucks and pearls and a white savior this mentality that we have as black people i'm only speaking for my people nobody else right this particular time but we will begin again gypped for another four years and complaining and then wanting to vote this guy and this girl out so Sticking with the idea of it, that there being uh, the hype that was around the previous administration. So now Don't you've got so now you've got Joe Biden and Kamala Harris just sworn in and already an executive orders coming out to start in some ways. It was reparations. No, no what, what? some ways to undo. Just some of it was just the, the, the default is to undo what the previous guy did. That's just some what some of it is. And so, so okay, so so let's just jump to that. Let's start with reparations. So, if if you were, these are two people who made it a point to say that to not stand on the idea of reparations during their campaign. So it's not even like it's going to be a question of them going back on their word for this. They was never for it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, for us, the, I I know there was the 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 gesture of I want to support 
a woman who identifies herself as a black woman in certain spaces uh, in, in Kamala Harris, because uh -huh. she she's black when you talk to certain people. She's Indian when you talk to others. <laughs> Don't you say that, black man. So Don't listen, brother. Watch yourself. Be yeah. careful. And, and and here's the thing. This is not me saying she's no, one or not careful, or whatever. This is me saying this is what she has presented herself as. So it's no, not my opinion. Yeah, not black my opinion. This is what she's what she she's represented herself as. Damn it, black women don't want to hear that. Yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> that's why I'm prefacing it with this is not my opinion. This is these were her stances that she's taken during the course of her career. She has presented herself as an Indian woman and presented herself as a black woman. But she was whole time going to the presidency. She was black VP, right? Yeah. So I mean, so I, like I said, I'm not even. You know, not even going a whole visit down that road. I don't want to get in trouble with no black women today, man. Go ahead. Yeah. So you got you got these two people who are not for reparations. You've got between the two of them, one was the architect, the other one was the enforcer of one of the harshest, stringent practices that drastically and just dramatically affected the black community by way of the crime bill in the 90s. Yes, sir. One wrote it up, one ran it through. So now, facts. Yeah. So now you've got these two, and so they're like, because everybody says, well, when you just get in the office, you can't expect miracles that overnight. You can't expect all these sweeping policies overnight. Well, since so since this administration has stepped in, they have been making moves. They have been working executive orders to get stuff stuff done. None of it for black people. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Thank you. Specifically, well, we go on benefit. <laughs> but oh, not I know the whole all a uh, rising tide raises all ships. I don't give a damn about that, bro. That's our problem, and that's always been our issue. We don't want to be grouped up in any category but black, because that's what we need—just something for black people. But go ahead, brother. Yeah. So, uh, stuff already in in place for Latinos, stuff uh, for the the transgender community. Uh, wait, 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 Latinos and the transgender community yep. already. Yep, they they, 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 they are they, they already starting to get theirs. Uh, and so part of the thing is, so when you put forth an executive order, something can be removed by executive order. So when you want something concrete and solid, you need it to go through the process of legislation and, and actual changing of, of of law and policy. So I I get that some people are arguing, well, these executive orders can be overturned later. Yeah, but my thought process is that. He had a job a week and he's already doing for folks. Like if it sticks or not, if it's. So, 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 let me slow you down. Hold on. Real quick. So is there anything on this executive order list, this hundred day I'm going to do now? Is there anything for all the black needs that we have currently besides saying we're going to get you niggas a vaccine first? To my knowledge, no. I don't know anything that was singled out that specifically targeted. Now, I'd. Cause so people so one of the things is he talks about. Are we well, waiting for the next uh, two hundred days afterwards or what? Well, we, I don't we, even know. So I'm saying so some of the arguments. So he talking about the ten thousand dollar loan forgiveness for student loans. That's not. Well, no, but here, here's, here's the thinking though. It's because per group per capita, black women have the most advanced degrees. So if you're gonna say if who's gonna get the most relief, black women will get a lot of relief from 10 that from removing the, so if you're going to say i'm doing something that can help but not specifically help this is an example we can't we, listen 
Pacific is the word. <laughs> well, well, that's well because I'm I'm qualifying because people will say I, I these different that. policies. I get that, but at the end of the day, that's the problem. We're always grouped up, even with civil rights. Civil rights helped white women more than it helped us. <laughs> and, and, affirmative and, action, and, yes. So when people use the argument of affirmative action, the biggest beneficiaries of affirmative action are white women. They're they're the biggest recipients of benefits, most job opportunities, all that stuff. White women benefit most from affirmative action, and that's not an opinion either. <laughs> yes, these are all truths that we're saying something as many people probably will argue it but i think that when you argue something that's not a reality the reality is exactly what we're seeing right if there is a group of people that have been having these same issues these are historic issues that we've been constantly against you're trying to tell me that there's nothing in that paperwork that's talking about um police brutality mass incarceration there's nothing that's talking about the wealth gap between um blacks and our counterparts uh you know talking about you know gentrification and none of that, none of that none of this stuff that we've been dealing with hollering at some of these banks about um these uh, predatory loans that they kind of give us and how they don't give us loans like our other counterparts no not to my knowledge so I'm not going to say there's nothing in the paperwork. I'm saying I have not personally come across it, nor have I heard him standing. So I got to be that. a black man that's transgender to benefit and if, if I want to go to the military at this particular yeah, time. So that was the, the thing you was saying, releasing the ban on uh, transgenders into the military that was previously put in place by the, the last administration. So now if you are uh, transitioning or have transitioned from whichever side, in whichever direction, that you can you can join as well as eliminating uh, or making it able if you're within athletics, within youth and school programs, whatever, that you can compete as the gender that you identify with as opposed to the clinical biological one you were born to. So, on, so, on, so, so I'm explaining that. Yeah, well, let me just hold up, hold okay. up before you explain. I <laughs> got it. You, gotta, you go. <laughs> a lot of information. Yeah. So now you're trying to tell me that a young man that feels like they're a woman yes can now compete or identifies as a woman excuse me identifies as a woman let me get the verbiage right identifies yeah. as a woman can compete against women yes in wrestling matches yes so w there's already example of, six three well that's, that's what i'm gonna so there's already example of, of two brothers uh who born male identify as female wait wait wait, wait. Wait, both brothers identify as females. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but How does two that brothers, work? I don't know. They, do, they just happen to be related to each other, and they are both. They're both brothers, and they both identify as females. Yes. Both born, both born males identify as. I'm not going down a rabbit hole of how one comes to that conclusion. I'm just reporting the news. I'm just reporting the news as it states. I'm not. I don't. I don't know the backstory on how they came to that conclusion. Okay. But what they were doing though is they ran track. And so uh, these two brothers on the, I mean, it's a sheer slaughter at the track meet. Yeah. So you've got guys who are, I think they're like 16 and 17 or 16 and 15, something like that. So at the age where muscle has kicked in, like if you see them, they, they built like grown men, like full, full, you know, biceps, tries, quads, they, they are, they're very muscular running track against their age counterpart women. So you got this 16 year old guy who looks like he should be, you know, the starting cornerback or, or, or start started, you know, strong safety for the football team. 
but he's running track against the, the girl who's looks like a 16 year old girl. And because he identifies as being female, that's who he's in his heat. That's who they race against. So the parents of the girls team, the ones who I'm trying to watch the language, who are they biologically born as female? The 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 girl team, the the, the competitors that these brothers were running against, their parents were were there were parents who were uh, like trying to write letters, like this can't be fair. And so, how, that, how, how is it fair? Well, because like with Biden's order is that if it's the gender you identify with. And this is a case of what equality actually looks like. So either we're doing this. So you're telling me that the equality black people have been screaming about for over 500 plus years and currently screaming even louder. That we can't identify anything that it acts to reparations it acts to. Um, you know, separation in senses of having us have our own so we can be on an even playing field. You're telling me transgenders who struggle is real. I'm not going to knock that. Yeah. And but their struggle is feeling that they are are not adequately um, able to perform at a higher level in sports because they are not allowed to go into the the gender they feel. What's that? What would you say? They feel more that you, you identify identify with. Yeah. And they can go ahead and say, well, I'm going to be right here and we just got it signed off. And now it's law. It's it's it's. Yeah. So if, if you were if you were born a boy, but you identify as the girl in your mind, you should be competing against girls I I get because that. that's who you identify with. So before it was, no, I don't care what you identify with. You were born a boy. We see you as a boy. So you compete against boys. Well, well how about this? Why don't you just have a whole slice and just have a whole general well, i mean well, that, that, that's that yeah. this is this is something that that so, so the parents thing was so there so the thing was that these the gender olympics i mean yeah. have that, you know what now, I mean? for some people they're like what difference some people were like what difference does it make and the argument that some of the parents had was look my kids my kids are running for scholarships my kids are running for you know to go to different colleges like they're this they're, the same way that we say hey man work on that jump shot you know, be that quarterback, go to college for free, try to do something where you're like, there are other groups who do that. Too. This is a misconception when we talked about narratives last week, that it's just black people who are trying to get scholarships to go to college. You know, like like we we just suck up all the scholarships. No, there, there there's folks who are sending there's their Asians, daughter. There's Mexicans, there's everybody. Their white daughter who I plays know. lacrosse, the, the dude who's on the, the cross country team. There's a whole lot of other parents that's who are sending them, their that's kids. Why them, that's why that family sat there and went to jail to get their kids. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's a, there's, so they have parents who are like, no, I legitimately need my, like my kids are doing this for a reason. And it's an unfair advantage. Well, that there was previously in different areas where they couldn't do it. Well, Joe, Joe Biden thing is, is that that if we're saying if we're identifying everybody is is what you want to call yourself. And then there has to be if we're calling it fair and equal, then if he identifies as 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 a girl, then he should compete with girls. If he if she identifies as male, i.e. she identifies as male. They had that issue as a couple of years back where you had a female, a transgender MMA fighter who was born a man who, who identified in, in uh, I don't know, transformed, whatever. I'm, the, the language I'm trying to be real clear because I don't want to be disrespectful. And it's, and it's due to ignorance, not, not 
it's not about being disrespectful when I talk about ignorance. It shit does does not make sense. Well, I'm saying it's ignorance because I don't know. Like I don't know. It don't make no sense. If we don't say something, it don't make no sense. And I don't. And then it's not to offend, but if we have been fighting for this equality, and just as we transfer a new president, and it's not saying the transgender issues ain't real, but how does this equate to the things that we necessarily need when another group of people? Just like the LGBTQ went on Obama's watch, we're able to get immediately certain things yeah. that can help support whatever battle that exists. All this does is create more confusion in a way of it is not like I, I'm trying to I'm trying to fathom if I was that you know six year old or if I was that fourteen year old if I was that sixteen year old trying to get a scholarship and then. I have to deal with that in a situation where it's like, wait a minute, it's that. Yeah, I hope that's an unfair advantage. What, what, what is that going to do to the young kids that already feel inadequate, and now they got to deal with more of inadequacies because now they have an individual that identifies with something that you're looking like. Well, no, this is who you are. This is what causes the imbalance, and this is not to be negative. But it just does not make sense. So, so taking it a step further from from our understanding is this: where we start talking about safety. So there, there was a, an MMA fighter, woman, who fought against a transgender fighter who was born male but identified as female. So you got to imagine this is now a grown man fighting a grown woman, physically, and like fractured her skull. And there was like a lot of physical damage done because even though maybe the internal struggles of what we identify with, there's still biology, muscle density, muscle growth, testosterone. Like there's a there's a difference between men and women biologically. So when you take now these cases, so say those two brothers that ran track, if they go out for the wrestling team. You know, you're going to get your weight class. So I don't know who they would wrestle, you know, in, in that regards, because sometimes you have boys wrestling girls by weight class. Mm -hmm. But uh, if one of these boys falls into a weight class against a girl, you know, or we get young girls who identify as being male who want to go out for the football team. And like they, there's certain certain um, areas have have female players where there's a kicker. You know, well, she's a, she's a kicker for the team. And I think maybe there's a few schools I've heard of where there are girls who played for on, on the team. But the issue then was going into tackling, getting hit. You know, like it, it, it's. I think when you're an adult, you can make different decisions, you know, but but when you start talking about where, where kids are at, I think there's a lot of lot of is, uh, different kind of things to look at. So there were some parents who argument was, is why is there not an independent transgender league so instead of who does this and who identifies with that or who y'all figure it out over there amongst yourselves i smell money like we gonna we gonna do this over here and y'all let's just go independent so this goes back to the whole I beginning of this yeah so this goes back to the beginning of what you're talking about why is this now on the table ahead of black issues because in reality, if that's the case and you and you develop a new league or a new division, whatever, that mentality of I'm going to fund a money just just for transgender. But we didn't fund stuff just for black people. Yeah, I'm going to make these exceptions 
in these policies for transgender that I would not make for black people. So you're saying so how do black people get black people would have to trans transracially go like how Rachel Dolezal went from white to black. Black people would have to transition from black to white. Well, damn it, I'm white. Would be the equivalent. I'm damn it, I'm white. I'm white. That'd be the equivalent. We would trans race the other way. And then okay, now give me give me access. I'm trans racing. I'm white, man. I'm white. I got the paperwork to prove it, man. Yeah, that that would be the equivalent. You, you got you got to shift. So you got this new administration mm-hmm. that 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 black men and black women, really black women, really champion this move about Kamala Harris being in the office and and what what she's going to do. Um, and this is where I think we have to look at politics. No one, no one blames Mike Pence for the last four years. No, nah. no, nobody. No, nobody sits there and says that that we, we say Trumpism. We say Trump make America go. No one holds Mike Pence accountable for nothing of the last four years, but yet everyone believes that Kamala Harris is going to spearhead the next four years under Joseph Biden's watch. Don't get mad. Listen, do not like, like get mad. Brain right now. We, don't, we don't hold nothing. Hey, no. no one believed that Joseph Biden had anything to do with Obama's eight years. No one believes that Mike Pence had anything to do with Trump's last four years. But it seems like there's this movement that everybody thinks that Kamala Harris is going to be steering the ship as a vice president for the next four years. Well, black people <laughs> just get a <laughs> just get an announce that uh, we'll have another four years of absolutely good nothing and grouped up in this task of everybody and everything. And you can get this. You can get that. There's never been a time except for George Bush Jr., that the vice president was actually the president. Yeah, he was the puppeteer. Cheney okay. and the boys was was was, Cheney, was puppeteers. <laughs> you know that Dick Cheney. You hear Dick Cheney, you hear Dick Cheney, right? Yeah. Now, for me, this is not a knock, but this is kind of like how we become hypocrites. We can never challenge a black woman's stance, no matter how off it may be, because she's a black woman as a male. And once we do it, it becomes an attack, not a challenge, but an attack. Yeah. And then it also becomes an attack on all black women. And it's like, no, sis, how can it be an attack on all black women when I rock with you? No, we have to protect all black women. So I've said it before. So toxic black women can be toxic black women. And what? When black men are deemed toxic, it's toxic masculinity. And we are the worst thing that ever came out of our mama's womb. That shit is false. And that's a negative, uh, uh, um, that's a that's a negative image that we want to project that we cannot be critiquing when our sister may not be acting in sisterhood. That's helping the brotherhood or helping black people overall. Just because he is a nice symbolic gesture of progress, we cannot denounce who she has been before. Now she's probably moved and done a lot of great things after the fact. But who she is and what she stands on is her legacy has still got her eyes like, hmm. I gotta watch you. I gotta watch you. Yeah, yeah. I've met the woman. I've shared grace with her and spoke and things of that nature. But remember, in the moment where I met her was the moment that everybody now started jumping on the black build bandwagon. When I say that, that means that finally California had that shooting that took us to this catastrophe that, 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 that took us to that moment okay. and with the Stephon Clark, right? Yeah. So so we had it, and it was I mean, it was, I say California, even though it was in Sacramento, because it was national. 
It was a national thing. And again, outside of just the fact Stephon Clark got shot, what my group of folks that were working in that moment of time when we were all in the collective, what we were highlighting is inequalities, right? The lack there of equity. It wasn't necessarily because it was never about Stephon Clark. Let's be very clear. It was about everything else that moved the needle that had the happenings and the making of Stephon Clark. So the issues of race, the issues of of um, wealth gap, the issue of uh, you know lack there of, of, of education, gentrified neighborhoods, over policed neighborhood, all of these missions that have been a lot of our plight for so long were now being able to be at, at the front center of the spotlight. So now what politicians do, especially when they're trying to move the needle and folks are trying to get elected and things are are, are running into a different way, they have to jump onto the bandwagon of whatever is hot now because the Black yeah. Lives Matter movement now was a national movement and everybody was having their moment, whether it was Dallas, Louisiana, St. Louis, New York, Minnesota, Arizona. I mean, brother, it was like a moment was happening, and all those organizers, shout out to everybody that has been pushing the hard line. We not we didn't focus on the actual victim. We focused on the victims of all of these systems that continue to oppress us. And I think that that's when you can kind of step out into your blackness as being a politician and be a little bit more aggressive because these are the talking points right now, because this is what everybody's talking about. That doesn't mean that you agree, but you have a little bit more um, capability to be able to speak on these issues and not look like you're just the only one talking about the fat elephant in the room because everybody's talking about it. So in that moment, meeting her, it was cool. But the reality of her and anyone else with our color, they're politicians because we've had governors, we've had mayors, we've had council members, and we've had black women as leaders that don't move the needle for black people. All of these ideas are suggestive, um, symbolic gestures of progress. And for me, we have to be able, whether it's a black man or a black woman, challenge those people that look like us, who have denied their us, but when they need something to get in a position of power, they pander to us and they become us. They start dancing, wearing pearls, wearing chucks, and they sensationalize this blackness when they ain't never been black a day in their life except for that moment they needed blackness. We have to be able to be very careful of how we treat and how we deliver our messages. And it is okay for us to criticize black women in leadership as much as black men in leadership get criticized as well. Yeah. So we look at the difference between challenging and attacking. So to to call out Kamala Harris to at least challenge to say, okay, here are some things that you do you did under your watch now i get it you didn't write the bill that you were enforcing your buddy did so <laughs> the, the, the guy that you, the guy that you ran with wrote the, the plays up and the same guy you called racist yeah yeah uh he drew up the plays and, and you executed he was belichick you was brady like this is how this worked off that crime bill in the 90s so to, to the same way that joseph biden can be challenged for the crime bill is the same way you can be challenged for executing it. And what's wrong with that? So, so that that then turns no, into the question. What's wrong with that? That's nothing, nothing in my opinion. 
But there seems to be this, this, this thing to where, and it's not about people. It's specifically black men who challenge black women. Because if this came from the, the uh, white media sources about Kamala Harris's track record, um, it's a conversation. Then it would be racist. Mm. So if it was if, if, if a white male journalist started kind of challenging her record and what she was doing, then the narrative would be that he must be a racist journalist. Mm. But if a black male challenges her record, then he must be misogynistic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, women. <laughs> yeah, there just there just can't be a legitimate leg to stand on. There just can't be a possible credible reason why you you would say or, or challenge anything that that a black woman has done. And so this is where we start looking for for progress and moving forward. Where do we get into that space that we can have a constructive conversation without it having to shift to, well, you just don't like her because she's a woman or she can't or this has got to be a a, a, a the, 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 the black woman issue, the gender divide, the, the, the you know, toxic masculinity, the trying to control and to try to do. Why can't it just be? Like you, like at your job when your supervisor gives gives you your review, why can't this just be as simple as let me just see? Because and then if the argument is you don't do that with others, yes we do. Yes, we sir. criticize every administration that comes through. <laughs> the same way we talked about Trump is the same way black men challenged Barack it all was, the time. It, still it, do. It wasn't like Barack just got a pass from all of us. Black it's men challenged black Barack. That, it's a black women that love Barack more than we did. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And black men challenged Bush, black yeah, men challenged Reagan. Brock like, was something that I think it, 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 it spoke to so much of what a, a black man, a lot of women wanted to see and cultivate. Like that's yeah. what they wanted their make to be. That's what it, it's almost like the Bill Cosby effect. Like that's what I want my dad like that. I want my yeah, husband yeah. like that. I mean, that's what the Obama effect was, you know? And I think we, the only one we rode with was Clinton. I think as as a unit, I think, hey, I think, I mean, how can I think you black men rode with Clinton more than any yeah. other president I can think of and in he my was life. The worst one. Yeah, yeah. When you look at what happened, I don't, I don't know if I say the worst. I would think in my lifetime, I would say Reagan was the worst. I don't think but, when I say Reagan, I, when I when I guess when I say that Reagan to me, we didn't know the full effect of Reagan until after the fact. Because I, I was too young. I was too young to like really understand. In the moment, Bush was the worst to me. Uh, second Bush. Like like in my lifetime living. No, I take that. Well, no. It would be between second Bush and Trump. Like for the worst things that happened in my life personally yes. under who's watch. Absolutely. But when I look at detrimentally to the community, like removing the individual from me, if I look at what like for black people as a whole, Reagan. Because Reagan was the setup for the crime bill under Clinton's Ooh, watch. Wait. You you couldn't get that crime bill from Clinton unless you got the crack set up from Reagan. Reagan no, threw the alley oop. No, no. Richard Nixon gave the assist. <laughs> the, the okay, so, well, I would say so. Richard Nixon with Herbert Hoover drew up the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reagan, Reagan was the coach. Yeah, who set, who set the plays into motion. <laughs> he couldn't Clinton get came the, in. Reagan drove it over to the hole. Remember how Doug Collins couldn't get uh, uh, Chicago Michael Jordan to the championship? Yeah. Re- Reagan was Phil Jackson. Re- Reagan yeah, was. Yeah. Phil Jackson. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly, 
Nixon couldn't. He had the idea. He he had the idea for the triangle, but he couldn't quite execute it. Yes, he was the Doug uh, Collins and shit. Yeah, he yeah, couldn't man. quite execute the triangle. But yeah, you don't get the Clinton crime bill without the setup from Reagan, because the Clinton crime bill, for those who don't know, is based around nonviolent drug offenders. Brother, so that's the bulk of people who got arrested were for people who are either holding drugs, selling drugs, or using drugs. Watch Netflix. Crack. That's the basis. Like that, that, that's the basis for why all these, these black dudes end up in jail. They're not all killers and uh, rapists and child molesters. Most of them are in there for nonviolent drug offenses. Watch the Netflix documentary crack. If you guys want a lesson about who's are some of our worst presidents, just watch that. That's yeah. all I can say. On that. Yeah. And so Reagan was the one that, that got that, that got the, got the dope game rolling. <laughs> and he was the man and reagan was the man who coined the slogan make america make america great, make america great. donald trump did i guarantee you because he was a part of reaganomics right yeah. he just took the playbook the playbooks never really change it's just the players change and the opportunities change from how yeah. to utilize their playbook so he just monopolized on what reagan's mission was and then he moved he just really moved because the thing about what made Trump so easy to galvanize so many, he was in pocket and cahoots with all these politicians and giving them money for their, you know, political endeavors. Yeah, he's been he's been in a click forever. So so now we get with 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 Joseph Biden and we've got Kamala Harris. So Joseph Biden, sketchy history. So funny uh, Kamala, Joseph Biden. Kamala Harris is is got some stuff that that's there's a, a solid right to be challenged. So as we move forward, if we're trying to say, you know, we're, we're trying to move together, we, we speak of wanting, you know, uh, equity and equality. We speak of you can't get that without accountability and you can't get accountability without critique. Mm. So if we're if we if we're going to say, all right, we, 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 how does this look? What does this even look like? So that would be, I guess, the question. What does. What is an acceptable way to challenge her? Because we can say whatever we want about Biden and nobody gonna say nothing to us. Like if, if, if specifically black males, if we got if we got issue with Joe Biden, no, there's going to be very little pushback. Not at all. But as soon as you fix your lips to say something about Kamala Harris, you don't love your mama. Mm. You don't love your community. You hate black women. You hate black women. So what does a constructive conversation look like? If we could sit in there saying, I want to hold her to the same standard that I hold her running mate to. My brother, you asking the wrong person. <laughs> you better ask me <laughs> you ask me for. I'm going to get to saying some things about her and they're going to get to the Deltas and the AKAs and, you know, because she's an AKA too, right? I, okay. Yeah, I believe so. She's I know she was some sorority. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. They're going to come out with, with their guns blazing. I don't honestly, I just think that it's hard for us Um to have constructive criticism over black woman leadership. You know, that's just, just it doesn't matter how, um, you know, removed or disattached they are to our actual community. It's just, it's, it's hard to critique. And, and, you know, I hope that it doesn't come off, um, you know, arrogant or ignorant. We're, we're really trying to figure out how do we do it's this? It's a legitimate question. It's, it's really, it has to be real because I, I just don't, I don't want to cross the lines, but I think there's lines that have to be crossed because if we don't do something, the elite black niggas will get theirs. 
because that's what usually it is. The elitists or the niggas who are in the in the know or in the game, yeah. like Reverend Al Sharpton was reinvented because of eight years of Obama, right? Um, some of these black scholars were um highlighted and supported on the highest levels, whether they were positive or negative yeah. um ideas and approaches they had about Obama because insight was important on o- both sides. So yeah. Here we are having it again in this idea of black women should lead, which I love. Um, I have a black daughter, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, so how how can I not want to support that? How would I not be excited to see um, black women? But what I do know, this notion and this idea, like this is the first time ever for us having black women leadership or having leadership that represents us as a culture. Yeah. This ain't our first rodeo. We might be getting higher in the ranks, but I also think that being familiar to what we know, they still play into a system. And that system does not allow them to confine or represent in a blackish way to where we will get supported in ways that are unapologetic. And that's my term. And that's my idea. We need focus black. We can't move outside. We'll let the black women get something or let the black man get something. We need focus black or just let our subdivisions of uh, of genders get something. We need focus on black. So if black people don't come together and understand that this is not an attack, this is just making sure we keep these folks honest. As many people said, we got to make sure we keep the pressure on putting the pressure and asking questions and maybe critiquing and maybe at times criticizing is not our defamation against a black woman. Not at all. No. So, so stay right there. So say she goes in all of a sudden because it's promoting uh, black women le- in leadership and all those things. If she gets something pushed for black women. So, so the thing is that saying, you know, make sure the focus is black, but if she's like, you know what, I'm kind of reading the tea leaves. And I see who's coming out and supporting and I see kind of, you know, I, I'm seeing the writing on the wall. So I make a move to to cater to black women specifically. So something in place that that helps out black women, but don't really do anything for black men. Is that something that would be OK? Because the, the argument is, 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 you know, how come you do nothing for black people? And we get grouped into multiculturalism, people of color, minorities, all this other nonsense. But if she's like, you know what? I got a plan together and it's targets and it just hits black women. Mm. Would that be something that we could say, okay, that's progress. Now we still get left out in the cold and we get that whole, uh, you know, secondary, whatever, if it helps a black woman, it will all a rising tide raise all ships. If you help a black woman, you will inadvertently help a black man. Is that something that we could just be like, I, 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 I'll take that. Absolutely not. I mean, it sounds good, but we're so we're so like fragmented in in this idea of us not working together, us not supporting each other. Like, I can't believe on one side if we'll just all bring it home and be like, all right, I got it, you know, because we're not doing that right now. We get in these positions of power and we act as if we don't even remember who we are or where we came from. So I just don't know that it would support. I think it would create more division. You know, like it'd be like, well, Negro, you shoot, get your own. Like, what, what? Wait, I thought okay, so I'm saying on our side. So, could that be something that black men could get behind 
Like we I know my opinion. Behind, I'm asking you. So if, get, listen, we can get behind it, but we also got behind the welfare system, and look what it's done to black families. It, yeah, it, so, it, ain't, it ain't it ain't worked out in the long run. So in, so, in a sense of, yeah. will it work out in the long run? Hell no. Nah. Well, so I'm gonna give a specific example. So like I said, how black women have the or per capita the most advanced degrees. If there was a high degree, a higher percentage of forgiveness of student loans for specifically black women. Yeah, everybody's getting 10 grand. They're like, we're we're gonna cut 40% just for black women. If they got folks who was able to sign off on that. So black women get that's a huge almost half of your student loan that's wiped away is a pretty big deal. So if that was something for that just worked out that way, would that be something black dudes be like, all right, okay, it's progress. <laughs> That's a step forward. Or is that going to be met with resistance? It's going to be met with, okay, what about the black man? I mean, what do you mean? That's what well, exactly is. The argument is why it's celebrated. I asked that celebrated. question because every other group gets something all the time anyway without us getting something. Yeah. So that's not a new condition. So is, if we just added black women onto that list, I, I, somebody and, and, and else. I, and I honestly them. believe that that's where it's coming down to. And that's oh, why our, our community. That's the reason why I ask. This, this, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's coming down to a situation to where, you know, we are divided. You know, the, 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 the divisiveness that has come from rhetoric from a lot of people that try to promote that idea of separation. Yeah. You know, it does not help when you can design a, a playbook just like that. And in the hopes of believing that a lot of black women would go for that, right? Because we went for that in the welfare system and it has not worked. It hasn't operated to our benefit. It's, it's continued to, you know, um, you know, manipulate the idea of black family. I just don't, I don't get me wrong. If we can get it done, let's get it done. But I just don't think moving forward, anything that is not grouping us as black people is not going to help support us because it's almost like with the reparation situation, it's like, well, if you aren't, and if you can't find the, the, your ancestors that were actually enslaved, listen, I don't give a damn what you call about. I'm, I'm Haitian and I lived in, I was born in America and every facet of um, racism and oppression and enslavement affects me. Yeah. Okay. It affects me. That, so I don't want to hear the argument. If I'm a black, if I'm labeled as black, Regardless of um, the, the nationality, then guess what? I need my reparation. So I think that this divide continues to implode. And it'll be very interesting if these things do happen, because there have been some certain things that have just affected black women. Um, and there has been certain things that have just affected black men. But I think that we're going to move in a very dangerous area if we just start penciling out policies and procedures that only go for them and then the other group is just kind of waiting okay what about my problem yeah so i think and i agree it's, uh, but I, i'm looking at where this stuff is so if you start seeing things of where kind of similar how the welfare system was in, in addressing if you said okay look black women have had these particular issues in the the medical field dealing with doctors and hospitals has been as detrimental to black women as law enforcement and the judicial system has been to black men. So there's all kinds of data research that shows black women, they die at a much higher rate than their counterparts when it comes to, to, to needing medical care, that there's some degree, some somebody came up with this logic in their mind years ago that black women can take more pain than any other group. So when they talk about it being an issue, it's, it's not really as heard. 
and that so they so if they start putting policies medical practices or or things along that lines that would directly be in more in favor to to black women um is that something we should fight i wouldn't fight it you but know what I mean? Like if they're saying, look, I'm doing this, it's Kamala Harris, no, like, I'm spearheading this just for black women. No, I mean, it's not, not, we don't need to fight it, but I just definitely think that it's just going to create more division. It's going to yeah. create more issues. Because like I said, we're all in need. There's not been no black man law um, that, not says that, that, that says yeah. don't kill black men, you know, <laughs> or, or it, it hasn't been anything, you know, the, the, the problems that we face, not only the adopted issues that America has given us, but the inner problems that we have in our community is is become more of a struggle and it has definitely spread like some cancer okay. and it gets worse and worse when we don't address, you know, and then when you look at it and moving into the, the story that we saw in Harlem, right, when you have young brothers and this is the thing that I just kind of phantom if it happened to my daughter um, that you see that these young brothers were trying to get this woman's attention or buy her some wine and then attack yeah, they her. They wanted her to buy them liquor. Oh, oh, oh I don't know what she the situation said, no. was. No. Whatever it was. Yeah, and she, then they, she wanted to buy her something, right? Liquor or something like that. Whatever it is, yeah. they attacked the black woman for no apparent reason. And these kind of things continue to separate. And I'm happy that the families and the community stood up. But we have to ask ourselves who's raising these kids? Because we're not raising them. But there has to be a black man and a black woman that created them. So we have to get back into that line of really cleaning out our own homes before this thing continues to have more and more speed when it comes into seeing less of a value in each other. When we start seeing less of value in each other as black men and women be like, well, I don't really have to deal with you. I have better options because this is just not working yeah. compared to us looking at that our counterparts and like, yeah, this is not working. Let's get out of here. We'll do it to ourselves before we do it to them. That's going to bring a lot of issues, dog. Okay, uh, so uh, then we go just taking that that a step deeper. There, where there has to have the conversation of, I don't value you because in my day to day life, you're not valuable. So you're asking me to accept you as opposed to you raising your value to me, <laughs> which to me would be the premise of, I think where a lot of this comes from. If you're a black woman, you're sitting there saying, well, I don't have, I don't hold black men to a certain level or, or regard because in my day-to-day -day life, these niggas ain't shit. I pay all the bills. I raise the babies by myself. I had to go and get advanced degrees to compete. I have to deal with all this stuff in life. No one is there to, to I don't get the pat on the back. I don't get the, my feet rubbed at the end of the day, unless he's trying to get some booty. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to get, like, I don't have that. So when I look at, do I need you? No. Mm. Then if you're the black man on, on the other side saying, I feel unvalued, unappreciated, unneeded, and she's looking you in the eyes and saying, because you are. <laughs> Brother. So, so, then, so then this is chicken and egg. Is this there needs to be more compassion on her side? Or is this just an internal conversation with men of whatever you currently think your blueprint is, it's flawed? Listen, it's a return of the alpha black male. And I talk about alpha. Please clarify. Please clarify. Uh, that means different things to different folks. Yeah, I know, right? It's about men 
not being in this idea of aggressiveness, but men having control. And when I say having control, control of thought, control of process, control of emotions, where we don't have to beat down those who come around like our woman. We, we uplift. I mean, this is also uplifting, but it's also having our own, not having to, um, you know, coward or believe that a woman is supposed to, you know, uh, uh, protect us or provide for us like we provide for our own now if you want to jump on a bandwagon and let me help provide for you powerful it's good we can work together as a tandem and let's make it happen but this idea of suffocating in our own emotions that allows us to then when we implode and we implode on usually the woman that we're with that shit's out that shit's out. <laughs> we can't do that, bro. We got to have control of our behaviors and our emotions because I feel that the sensitivity of a lot of men nowadays is the rejection that women sometimes give them is the simple fact that women will probably um, downgrade them because a man has not reached his plateau of his own. Right. His own plateau that he yeah. set up for himself. And I'm saying that that return of the alpha male where we are taking back what is rightfully ours in the sense of, man, you know what? I'm reaching that plateau. You come to me, queen. You're going to be like, okay, this dude is one nigga put together. And that's where I'm standing on. I'm not going to go back and then try to approach a woman and I don't have the standards of how to approach her, nor do I have the standards to keep approaching her because I ain't got my shit together. That's so, the whole thing. It's getting us having our shit together. As I like to tell my youngsters, having our pro tools, we, I mean, it's deeper than just having a car in a freaking apartment to yeah. stay in. It's about morally. It's about um, spiritually. It's about really falling in line to what we need to do for us, even if we do have or don't have a woman. Yeah. So if you look at the argument of, okay, equally yoked. So if you're a woman who's got, uh, you, you bought your house, you, you, you went to college, you are not only just getting by, but like you straight, like you, you saw it. So you're like, I want a man that's on my level. And so that's that's the counterpart you're looking for. I think something that gets dismissed, and I think that it's it's not healthy, but it's it's reality. There are a lot of women who are further in their life because dudes wasn't ish. <laughs> because the it was fourth and long, they back was against the wall, and they had to make some stuff happen. So they they forced themselves to go to school. They forced themselves to stay at a job and work their way up. Forced themselves into certain behaviors. A lot of us were caught up in a hype. I mean, well, let's be honest. Well, so I'm saying, so you have a lot of women who are, at, and um, we get caught up more of the hoopla. Yeah. So if you have a woman who who had to get her stuff together because she had two babies by a dude and he just walked away. Yeah. So now it's, I gotta do this, and so she does it. The guy is not in that position, so he's not working with the same level of drive or motivation. Mm -hmm. So you start getting a gap in between where women are producing to where men are producing. And it's it's not a uh, an excuse for, but it, it sometimes it's it's where you're at. So if you're looking at if is this a road that can be fixed together, or does it require separation to fix it? Like don't get involved with a woman until you get your stuff together. I eat, so there's a thing. So leave them alone <laughs> until them you alone. get yourself together. So then this Don't come off the playground unless you're ready to play. With, so what that would look like, though, is a high number of single women because all these dudes are circling the wagons trying to get their lives together. And that means all you women wait by yourself until these dudes get it straight. 
Is that now now two generations down that will look better. But is that a better situation for community of I'm going to be over here with mine. You stay over there with yours. And we're not going to interact that way because I'm not in a position to be what you want, as opposed to me get with you. And I'm I got some shortcomings. You can interact and you can have shortcomings. I mean, that's all part of that way where you're connected and committed with each other. Well, I, I think that we need to slow down the process of trying to get into this place of I'm in love until we learn to love each other first. We've got to learn. Number one, number one, again, alpha male rule. I need to make myself happy. I cannot depend on anyone outside of me to make myself happy because once that person does not make me happy, then we lose things. Right. And then we lose that that process of moving the places that we need to move because with or without you, I got to do. And that's my mentality with or without you. I got to make myself and my life and my surroundings and what I want to do in my life better, period. So I think that what we fall into the traps is that someone may have something that doesn't that you don't have, you look at them as completing you instead of complimenting you. And I think that you can work in a party of folks that may not all have it all together at that moment, but as long as a person's moving to that road of getting their shit right, then you good. But if they're moving on, well, I'm trying to be the biggest drug dealer since Scarface, think you might not need to move to another direction. So as I'm saying, so you got that woman with the degree in the house and she meets the dude who graduated high school. Well, a lot of women like the bad boys too, so we can't... Well, I'm not even going that far extreme. I'm just talking about this dude, he's middle of the road. He's yeah. not a thug, he's not trying to sell dope, he's not trying to do all that. He's just, he got a high school diploma and he works jobs. Okay. Like he hasn't found his purpose, he doesn't have a career, he makes just enough money to cover his monthly bills. Like he's not a bad guy though. Okay. To a lot of women... He, he still ain't ish because he can't do anything by way of provide. He makes just, he makes $2,500 a month and his, and his overhead is 2375 You know what I'm saying? Like he got $175 a month for activities and snacks in, in, in a movie or something. Like he don't, he, he's just not that dude. So is, is like, that's what I'm saying. Where these gaps, because it's easy to look at extremes. The dude who's got five babies by five baby mamas and, and in and out of jail. It's easy to pick that guy apart. But <laughs> all right. That's what they yeah. say. We'll conquer all, right? Yeah, but I'm talking about all these guys who are just guys, but they're underachievers based upon her standards. Well, I guess she ain't going to be dating them. I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm it is. For solution. No solution I'm going to put solution already. I'm what, what, what I mean, what they do to help. No, I mean, it's not going to happen like that. I just think that sometimes I believe men and women, especially black men and women, standards are so damn high that the only thing that's going to replica what makes them happy is a ball player and a supermodel on Instagram. That's far from the truth. So sometimes we have to also look at the inside, and sometimes those individuals just need support to help them in endeavors but there are some individuals that are going to be right where they're at now if you're a person that that's okay for you in your life and that's right the me the, the middle of the road is that what is acceptable for you some yeah. people it is some people just want that's why i don't ever really believe in this idea that everybody has to go to school or everyone should be uh you know owning their own business so who's going to be working at walmart I want well, who's, who's gonna be your employee at your business? Exactly. Like I want some <laughs> time, like, 
Sometimes we need the, the best of the best that are the employers or the employees at Walmart. And that's not knocking people that work at Walmart. There's great people that work everywhere. And there's bad people that work at great places, right? Yeah. Considered to be great jobs. So I think that it's all about what you deem and feel what you want. But I think you have to have real expectations. Sometimes the baddest ain't always the greatest because the baddest probably has baddest in looks, but the worst in everything else. And if they can't love themselves within, like, of course, me being uh, Joe Blow, um, the, 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 you know, say lower class cat that's trying to come up is going to look like, ah, this doesn't taste my appetite. But I've been in that place where I was building and I had a high tier of women that I was dating and dealing with. And it kind of looked at me as it was gaining momentum. I was like, kind of like, hey, and I couldn't keep up. But look at me now. So I think there's always a process. I think that you have to believe in the person who's doing whatever they say they're going to do and watch how they step into it. I stepped into everything I did with passion, grace, and purpose. And when I stepped into things I did, it was never about immediate satisfaction. Though folks would love to have that immediate microwave, boom, instant, here we are, all made up, and we're great. You got to believe in me. My mixtape's going to take off, girl. Nick was in and believe in me, so I'm, I am jaded and who I am is who I am now. But for me now, I'm excited and I'm happy that the process, because I trusted my process. And I think that you just have to be insightful in people's process and what they're really actually doing. Now, if you're the woman that's standing by the 45-year-old rapper that has never been a successful rapper at 30 or 20, you may want to. Right, you, you froze out for a sec. I said, I, I don't know what happened. I said, I think in that part, you know, it, it would draw a blank for me, you know, when you just have the individual that is still hoping on a prayer and they're aged out in the things that they do. They might need to go ahead and find a different profession. She's like, but I'm, I'm there. I'm at every show. I'm yeah. at every... <laughs> I think these are things that a, a conversation is definitely necessary and it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to challenge ideas. Yep. We all have our own lives that we've come to conclusions about. And so then we carry those ideas into new situations, dealing with new people to, to challenge somebody with what they say does not mean that you're, you don't like the person and to not like a person does not mean you don't like the entire group that they come from. Yes, sir. And that will, if we talk, we're truly talking about trying to, to, to bridge gaps and to tighten up the community and to become closer with one another, we have to have empathy for other people's feelings, but not be so much in our feelings about everything that we're discussing. Ooh. And so. those things are going to be necessary because in order for me to hear you, I have to, I have to agree to the idea that your feelings are valid. Yes, sir. And but in that, when I'm expressing something, I have to understand that my feelings are rooted in my perception. So these are things that we can work together because, I mean, I'm watching him just in my little time on this planet. I'm watching this rift. And it doesn't mean that there's no community, that there's no connection amongst black people or black men and black women. But I am noticing there's a little more space now than there used to be. Oh, and, and so for us to work on that, we have to be able to talk to one another and work with one another. And all that starts off by us being able to say something to one another. Say something, say something, say something. I'm Jermaine Morris. This is Barry Axis. Where can folks find you online to keep up with you? All social media outlets. Barry Axis, member of Black Blueprints with a Z.com.
I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook, every other social media platform at Jay Morris CEO. It's been Say Something with Jermaine Morris, Barry Axis. Any yeah. parting words for him? Oh, man, you know, <laughs> black power, <laughs> black family, black unity forever. All right. And until next show, we will holler at you later. Yes, sir.